Hey guys, welcome to the number 243 ever episode of Always Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. And in today's episode, we are going to be recapping the Wizards' loss at Orlando, the Wizards' home loss against Denver, and then recapping also their win um, at home against San Antonio. Before that, we do preview their matchup tonight at home against the Toronto Raptors. In other words, today's episode is talking about how this year's Wizards season is over. O-V-E-R. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. If you do subscribe, follow, share, and view. But let's not waste any time here. Let's get into this. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn. get this game started i would like to say sorry my voice does sound a little off i am dealing with a little bit of a cold right now but the vi- the episodes will not stop that's why i have not been able to uh, publish some episodes recently but again the episodes must not stop um so yeah i mean that's not waste any time here let's get into this uh orlando <clears throat> this is a matchup that i expected the wizards to lose even though as sad as it is you know you're without kyle kuzma Beal didn't really do that much. He shot very inefficient. 4-15 for the field. 16 points minus. 10 plus minus. On Porzingis, a plus 6 plus minus. 30 points, 6 boards. Good efficiency from all over the floor. Kispert had a little bit of an off night, but he's been playing really well recently. We'll talk about that. Monte Morris was great. 8 assists, just 1 turnover. Great game from him. And then Denny Avdia, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. With a very good efficiency off the bench. However... What your superstar Mega Max man, what I, whatever I call Bradley Beal, Twisted Steel, whatever. If that guy's only putting up 16 points and basically being a liability when it comes to efficiency and on the defensive side of the ball, it's very hard to win a game, especially when they're, uh, especially when Orlando, 18, <clears throat> despite having an okay offense, is not great. Had seven players reach double figures in this game. That is embarrassing. That is embarrassing. To say the least, Gary Harris knocked down six three-pointers. Six. It was unacceptable. The Wizards shot terrible from three. While they allowed the Magic to get many great opportunities as they were in the 50-40-90 club. While the Wizards were in the 50-31-78 club. Um, So, yeah, this was not the the Wizards' finest day um, in this matchup. Even though, again, a very winnable matchup. Just came down to efficiencies. They got out-rebounded by nine rebounds which is inexcusable uh, to a team that really doesn't have star big men. Like 7-3, Porzingis, Gafford's dominant. He had 12-2, and two, two blocks, great game from him. But, like, how does Wendell Carter Jr. and Paolo Bancaro out-rebound you to that big of an extent? I think it's embarrassing. I don't think I ever want to talk about this game again because it was it was a bad. It was a bad loss for the Wizards. And then, of course, as you probably expect, it's not going to get any better. 
when you go against the uh, two-time reigning NBA MVP and maybe a third MVP coming up here in Nikola Jokic. Yeah, want to guess how that went? Not well. The Wizards only had three players to cross double figures in that game, and when one of them is Jordan Goodwin. When Jordan Goodwin is your third leading scorer, just expect to lose the game. The sad part is the Wizards actually were so tight through one half of basketball. Denver uh, led by two after one, and then the Wizards led by four at half. Or excuse me, led by two at half, outscored by four in the second quarter. And you could really tell they were playing really competitive basketball. In fact, my cousin, uh, Dexter Cobra, my cousins, Dexter and Caleb, and my aunt and uncle, um, Derek and Melody. Dexter's been on the show before. They were sitting courtside of this game, and like they were really seeing a good, hard fight. And uh, the Wizards were uh, distributing the ball really well, in my opinion. They had 20 assists in this game, which I think is something they can look, uh, they can move forward to and kind of, you know, use in the future matchups. But that it was really just that third quarter when the Nuggets outscored them by 23 points, 39 to 16. And that really made the difference. They were actually moving the ball to a higher extent than Denver with 28 assists. They also out-rebounded the Wizards. Um, so when you get outscored, out, or when you get out-rebounded and out-assist, you're probably going, you probably have to expect you're going to get outscored. And that's kind of what happened here. But Denver did not play their finest game. Shout out to Nikola Jokic. She's Nikola Jokic. I don't think he deserves MVP this year, but I mean, the guy's a, a lock for the Hall of Fame. What a career he has had. Michael Porter Jr. was very inefficient in this matchup. KCP, former Wizard, uh, didn't play that well. It's like, this is a game the Wizards could have won. However, no Beal, no Kuzma. It's going to be a very hard thing to do to be able to win the game. But I was very happy to see how competitive the Wizards actually did play in this matchup. So, yeah, they lost that one. I'm not too mad about it. Last but not least in this Wizards-Spurs game, no Porzingis. Excuse me. No, Porzingis was there. No Kuzma, no Beal. And uh, the Wizards are actually still able to get a double-digit point win. But it is against the uh, the 19-win San Antonio Spurs. So you could probably understand here why... I think the Wizards won this game. And a shout-out to Corey Kisper, man. I mean, 26 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. And if you look at what he has done since actually March 2nd when the Wizards beat Toronto um, at Toronto by 11 points, you actually look at what they – excuse me, at home against Toronto by 11 points. But what he has done from that matchup and on to the to the present is terrific. He's had multiple 20-point games, a bunch of double-digit point games, and overall is averaging 13.5 points. Three rebounds on 57% shooting from the field and 45% shooting from downtown. Those are amazing numbers, to say the least. And he kind of took that into this game, 26 points on 6 of 9. Three-point shooting, 9 of 14 for the field. Teddy Avdi also shot 9 of 14 for the field and had 21 points, 11 boards, and 6 assists. Great game from Teddy Avdi. DeLon right off the bench, also 9 of 14, 24 points, 7 rebounds. He was playing really productive basketball. No steals, which is unlike him. Overall, great game from him. And then Monte Morris, in the limited time that he did play, was able to cross the double-digit point market points. Now, of course, Porzingis played really well. The offense was clicking, but again, I would not overreact to this because, um, yeah, they played the San Antonio Spurs, who have literally the worst statistical offense, or excuse me, defense, in all of college. college. I'm too used to talking about NCAA in all of the NBA. So, you know, just... That's probably the reason why the Wizards won this game by double digits and the reason why they put up 136 points. But you also got to look at the negative here. Allowing 124 points to the Spurs is pathetic. Pathetic. Allowing seven allowing seven players on that team to cross double-digit points. Pathetic. It's just plain pathetic. But the Wizards were able to still come out with the win. Ladies and gentlemen, this season, this is really what the episode is going to be about. 
this season is over. It's done. I have no um re- uh, issue saying that whatsoever. All right, so the Wizards are currently have 41 losses. I repeat, they have 41 losses. They're 33 of 41 with eight games remaining on the schedule. And the sad part is they've had one of the easiest schedules going into the year. They had the fourth easiest schedule out of the 15 teams in the Eastern Conference. So they've had an easier schedule and they've done nothing with it. If you look at an average strength of schedule, they would have just 33 wins. That would mean if they had an average strength of schedule, they would lose their final eight games and finish 33 and, oh my goodness, 49. That's pathetic. That is pl- played patheticism, if that's a word. I don't even think that's a word. I'm creating words about how bad this Wizards team has been. Um, 538 gives them a 2% chance of winning the NBA championship. And fi- by the way, that's sad about the uh, strength of schedule. And that was also for 538. That is just pathetic. And this doesn't make sense because you have a guy like Beal who is supposed to be your scorer, but he really hasn't been. But then Porzingis and Kuzma are having great years. You've got guys like Kispert and Avdia step up out of nowhere. The Wizards front office hasn't been terrible. Yeah, they're somehow find themselves in a situation where they're going to have guys. This is not good. Like they're finding they're they're putting themselves in a situation where they are going to be having their fifth their fifth fifth straight losing season and their tenth losing season in 15 years this basketball team is just not has just not been good and has been that way for a very long time now and something has to change and it has to change fast because whatever the Wizards are doing it is not working they've had stretches going into the uh going into the all-star break I was really happy I thought this team could even finish as a seventh seed maybe even sixth seed if they could get hot here down the stretch that's the exact opposite of what they've done since the all-star break they are five and eleven with a winning percentage that is worse than the Charlotte Hornets the Charlotte Hornets the, I'm, I'm so tired of this team and I cheer for them trust me but when you're two and a half games out none of your players are playing because of injury I, I think it's safe to say that this season is over. It is just over. And something has to change this offseason. If it's getting good odds and getting the number one overall pick, great. Then lose these next eight games. But something needs to change, and it has to change fast. Because whatever this is, is not working. You can probably understand now, uh, or you can probably now guess, who I am going to pick to uh, win this Wizards-Raptors game. Wizards do go to Toronto. Um, in just a little bit, and it is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, to say the least, sorry if this episode is going to be a little bit of a later one, but I had to go on that rant about the Wizards. I told you who the Wizards are going to be without in this matchup, I think, without Beal, without Kuzma, without Monte Morris. As for the Raptors, they have a plethora of injuries. Guys that are definitely out are Delano Banton, Otto Porter Jr., and Joe Wieskamp, while the questionable guys are Precious Achuya, Scotty Barnes, uh, and Gary Trent Jr. All three of those guys are very important role players. And even though I think the Raptors would still win without any of those guys, those are really important players in this matchup. I do have the Raptors taking a 119-108 to victory, starting off with my Coburn's catch. And I think the Raptors will win this game because of their defense going against the Wizards' lack of offense. The Wizards aren't usually a terrible offensive team, but without Beal, Kuzma, and their floor general, Monte Morris, I find it hard to see the Wizards' offense scoring at a rapid rate against the sixth-best statistical defense in the NBA. And while Toronto's offense is lackluster, to say the least, the Wizards have allowed over 117 points per game since March 4th, and I don't see the Wizards scoring the ball so well to offset that with all of the injuries that they do have. 
The Wizards' three wins since March 4th. Think about that, guys, by the way. They've had three wins since March 4th. Just take that in for a second. And they're all those three wins have been when they score 117 points or more. But I don't see them able to cross that 117-point mark in this game with all the injuries. I understand they put up 136 points on San Antonio without Kuzma and Beal on Friday night. But it was against the Spurs, as I did just mention, who have the worst statistical defense in the NBA. Give me Toronto by a decent amount because the Wizards will not be able to score the ball at a rapid rate. Surprising statement, and I think Denny Avdia will not have double-digit points in this match. After a seven-game stretch where we were really doubting what Denny Avdia could do, where he averaged five points per game, he's now had three straight games with 15 or more points, averaging in this three-game stretch 17 points and nearly 10 rebounds and five assists on 72% shooting from the field and 58% shooting from three. However, a large part of that success was due to competition since he hasn't had to face a great defense or at least a defense with great perimeter defenders over these past few games. Now he has to go against Toronto, who may have the best perimeter defense in the NBA, or perimeter defender, excuse me, in the NBA with OG Ananobi. Take a guess how that's going to go. Avdia will have less than 10 points in this matchup. Raptors are nine and a half point favorites. Over under is two twenty. This is for spread time. Um, I do have the Raptors since I have the winning by eleven, and I do have the over by spread. Raptors ten point favorites. Over under two twenty five. Still got the Raps. Still got the over. Fantasy outlook: I have Kristaps Porzingis and Pascal Siakam each getting between fifty to fifty five fantasy points. I have OG and Obi getting forty to forty five fantasy points, and I have Fred VanVleet actually struggling despite scoring a lot of points. I think we'll get thirty to forty fantasy points, but. The reason why this is interesting because I think he'll score the ball a lot because they'll get him the ball a lot, kind of like what he's been doing this year. And also what, like what he's been doing this year, he shot the ball very inefficiently. And I think, as as mentioned later, DeLon Wright will do a great job guarding him, getting steals on him, forcing him to inefficient shots, even though I do think he will take a lot of shots. I see him taking close to 20 shots in this matchup, so he will get points on the board. He just won't do it at an efficient rate. What punctuation do you put on that percentage? And I think ESPN giving the Raptors an 80.9% chance of winning is a little bit off. I get Toronto should be the heavy favorites for this game, considering the Wizards are missing three of their best players. But let's not treat the Raptors like the 73-9 and Warriors or 72-10 and Bulls. They're two games below 500, and maybe without Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., and Precious Achuya. Yes, they should be the favorite in this game, but more have like a 73% chance or a 72% chance to win. That makes a little more sense. Not this 81% chance thing. I'd give this percentage a question mark. And last, but certainly not least, who you got? I think DeLon Wright will be a defensive monster and overall one of the best games of his season. Wright will be replacing Morris as a starting point guard for the Wizards and his, and his elite perimeter defense, which includes his 1.8 steals per game down rank. Third in the NBA if he, if he, has play, if he had played more than 45 games will highly contain Fred Van Vliet and force an inefficient shooter like the 2019 NBA champ, as I did just mention, to take some tough shots. He'll And he'll also be the main distributor of this Wizards offense. I say he has one of the weirdest stat lines of all time. 9.7 rebounds, 10 assists, 5 steals, and 2 blocks, because if you round all those numbers, it's a quadruple-double. And then also, I'll have 2 blocks as well. And then I think that he'll have He'll shoot 3 of 5 from the field at 60%, 2 of 4 from 3-point range at 50%, and make his only free throw that's 100%, two, only 2 turnovers, only have 2 fouls, but his team will still come short by double digits in Toronto. 
Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, review. I hate to go on that rant about the Wizards, but it's not looking good right now uh, for the way that these games are being played. I'm sorry I didn't get you the starting lineups. Completely forgot about that. I think it will be DeLon Wright, Corey Kispert, Denny Avdia, Porzingis, and Gaffer for the Wizards. As for the Raptors, I think it will be Fred VanVleet, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Jacopotl. Uh, but if anything does change, uh, please check. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, review. Again, I hate to go on that rant again about the Wizards, but it's not looking good right now for the nation's capital basketball team to be able to get the job done. And um, it's unfortunate, but you got to do what you got to do. By the way, sorry if I will not be posting throughout this next week. Really looking forward to seeing my UConn Huskies men's basketball team raise the championship trophy. Come on, guys. We're only two games away. So uh, I'm going to be watching a lot of good basketball over there. So, um, yeah, I'll probably have some coverage about that. All the cool sports network, cool sports newsletter, chasesportsnews.com. But if I do have some lack of episodes coming up, I'm sorry. But if the Wizards do really start to make a push in this postseason, trust me, I will be posting. Again, I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. It was a longer one. Subscribe, follow, share, and view. And, of course, as always, I will see you guys next time. Peace!